Well, hey, man. Hey. How's it going? It's good. Good. How's, how's it up your way? It's good. Uh, it's good. Um, nothing, nothing. Everything's, everything's cool right now. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Anything could happen. Uh, and, and anything could happen at any yeah. time. At any time. That's the, that's life. Yeah. To anybody. To anybody. Yeah. We all, I mean, we, I mean, you, you, you could, you could just die going to, to bed tonight. Yes. Someone could theoretically sneak into your, your room after they've, you know, they, they pickpocketed your, your keys out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. They went to Home Depot. They made a copy of your house key. Yeah. Then you go to bed. They put the house key right in the locket, unlocks, walk right in. Yep. And I, I'd be powerless. Yeah. Yep. Is, I mean, it could, it could be me. Oh, oh. Uh, it could be anybody. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could. I mean, I'm not saying it is me. I'm it saying it could a, be. It could be an otherworldly monster who looks like you. That's more likely. Yes. Such is the Let's premise of Stephen King's The Outsider, uh, which is uh-huh. a recent novel of his that I'm almost finished with, um, uh-huh. and I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, they actually made this is pertinent. They made they're making a, a series out of it. I think it's for HBO. Yes, um, it is. Is it okay? Um, I saw really? the YouTube the promo for it last night, and I was like, "Hey, ah, cool!" Um, I know this. Yeah, so um, I can tell you this: the story is really interesting. So it would probably mm. make a good series. Um, uh, it's it's pretty much like it's it's a it's it's uh, you know part way police procedural. Um, you know, it starts out like, you know, this slam dunk crime that happened and they've got the guy's prints and everything, but he's like, he has a, he also has a rock solid alibi and there's video and everything. And you're slowly starting to come to the realization that like, oh, there's like a thing out there that's like, there's like a shape shifter basically out there. Mm. Um, but we, I still don't know like why it's happening or, 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 you know, everything about the mythology around it yet. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's part police procedural part, kind of the thing a little bit it reminds me of the thing in a way. Um, okay. uh, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's a good book so far. I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't seen if they stuck the landing yet, but I'm enjoying the book a lot. Um, I just sort of bought it on a whim at Costco. Um, and awesome. uh, thankfully, I really enjoy it. So, um, sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a good little book. So I bet that series is going to kick ass. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. Okay. Well, other than that, dude, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm um I'm, I'm excited because um tonight tonight we've got something fun to talk about um and uh, something positive I think um yeah. and to, to to talk about and and I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce it right now actually because I've got everything queued up like I'm I'm supposed to. Uh, hey. We are going to talk about the Mandalorian. It's a world more peaceful since the revolution. It is a shame that your people suffered. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.
They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? a hell of a trailer yeah it is um yeah the the mandalorian which i i'm not gonna say we're gonna go full spoilers or even partial spoilers i just want to freely talk about this so if you haven't seen Mm -hmm. the mandalorian i'm gonna just go ahead and say i'm just black and white i'm gonna recommend it to you um Mm -hmm. and so if you don't want to be spoiled this is the time to get out i just think if you have disney plus um and you are remotely interested in star wars at all um or many other subgenres uh, I'll just go ahead and black and white recommend it to you. You know, there you go. Um, as far as, um, the star ratings and stuff like that, we'll get into the weeds a little bit here, but the Mandalorian is interesting because this was one of, this is one of the marquee Disney plus original series is we've known about this for a couple years, but probably about, you know, a little, I mean, essentially as long as we've known about Disney plus as, as essentially yeah. as long yeah. as we've known with the delivery date of Disney plus, we've known that there's going to be a show set in the star Wars universe within the film or, you know, whatever set sort of within the canon of the films, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. apart from the films, um, kind of overseen and executed by John Favreau and, um, and, uh, and, and it was going to be Disney plus and, um, and I was not going to watch this show. Same. I don't think any of us. Yeah. We were not going to watch this show. We, it's well established on here that we're all kind of sick of star Wars. And, um, I was getting Disney plus for a number of reasons. And one of them was not to watch the Mandalorian. And then somebody at work said, Oh, you should really check it out. Um, it's like Star Wars for adults and it's, it's just really well executed. And I was like, okay, you know, I was like, all right, um, that's okay. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was when all of us in our text thread, I think it was, it, it was piecemeal. Like <laughs> someone that said like, has anyone been watching the Mandalorian? And then someone being like, like a slow hand raise, like, it's kind of cool. And then someone else going, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been watching it too. And us all kind of realizing we all sort of checked it out. <laughs> yep. um, and we all feel, uh, you know, relatively positively about it. Um, uh, correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Um, and, uh, um, so the Mandalorian is, uh, eight episode, uh, no seven, sorry. Um, Seven episode mm-hmm. um, season currently on Disney Plus. It's um, it was is it re- seven? I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight too. Uh, but the Wikipedia says seven, but I don't know. Uh, either way, um, no, there's eight right there. I'm staring at it. Well, geez, don't believe Darn. anything. I don't even know that if the name of the show is The Mandalorian. I don't trust anybody anymore. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's a show, um, uh, I guess you could say, you know, produced by Disney, um, kind of overseen. Is, is Favreau the executive producer? Um, uh, or cre- uh, he's the yes. creator of it. Yeah, he, he was an yeah. executive producer. Also, Dave Filoni, who um, I believe is he, – he's very well respected within Star Wars canon for being the um, – uh, for working on Avatar The Last Airbender and on Star Wars The Clone Wars um, and also Star Wars Rebels. And those are yep. series concern- within the canon that are respected in terms of their quality um, mm-hmm. and not just fanboy junk. So you've got and, – and John Favreau, who of course has made a name for himself within Marvel and Disney and, and is just a, a clutch creative individual right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And he is getting his. <laughs> I so, know, right? Um, yeah. And uh, starring Pedro Pascal. And um, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and mention the composer here, Ludwig Göransson, um, mm. as well. And it's a it's an action adventure uh, little series, and it's kind of westernish, space westerny, um, mm-hmm. and it is very understated. And yeah. I think we all really appreciated that. Um, yep. I again, I, I recommend people watch this series. I'll go ahead and get my star rating because I'm kind of running out of gas on the setup, and I'm about to have to pass the baton. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and give the Mandalorian a four star. Um, I was entertained by it. I wasn't like super invested in the characters, like to an emotional extent, but I was totally bought into the plot and curious about conclusions and just. Eagerly, you know, I wasn't dying for the next episode, but I was always like, I turn on and go, all right. And it, it like, I'm whatever's going to happen, I'm sure it'll be kind of cool. And then within the first mm-hmm. scene, it's like, hey, that was cool. You know, particularly yeah. one that begins with him being shot at and him, like, you know, like a, a, a mini, a mini little space battle. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think the music is so great here. I think the cinematography is really cool. I like the performances by most of the cast and. Um, I just like the treatment of the subject matter in general, um, mm-hmm. uh, minus one or two minor gripes, but, uh, uh, yeah. So, but it's very technically well realized show. Um, uh, it, it reminds me scope wise of like, uh, of how, um, Rogue One made me feel like the atmosphere that Rogue One pro- d- did really well. Um, but keeping it kind of simple and, um, and self-contained. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's that, there's, uh, that's four stars for me. How about you, Dustin? Yeah, I'm going to say four stars as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll echo everything you've said that basically I I wasn't excited about this. I thought it was just going to be, you know, fan service, the show, like it wasn't, it wasn't going to have its own thing and its place within the star Wars canon was going to be kind of loose and, um, you know, not necessarily important at all. And, uh, that that's mostly true, but, um, but it is way more than fan service. And I think it's sort of disconnect from the episodes, um, you know, one through nine are uh, the fact that it is disconnected from that is a, is a great thing. Yeah. Um, it would have been a, a, a big miscalculation to have it tie in to any of that. Um, and so the fact is, uh, best, best I understand the show sort of set between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it just seems like a, a really sort of 
individualized show where you could almost watch it without having seen any of star Wars. Right. Yeah. And, and that works. It really works. Um, you're not beholden to like understanding what all of this stuff is about. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. I think, um, I do connect with the characters. Um, I think Mando is a great character. He is, um, sort of in the same vein as Clint Eastwood's man with no name, which I'm a fan of, of those films. Um, and so I know Kellen and I have talked before about how we kind of just want star Wars to be a Western Yeah, and we ended up getting it with this. And so as put off as I was initially by this, um, I was really roped in very quickly because it seemed like everything I'd wanted out of a star Wars film or story. Um, in fact, I missed the first three episodes, like three episodes came and went and I was like, eh, whatever. Right. And then it just kept getting recommended to me Yeah. and I was like, all right, fine, I'll check it out. And, and literally, I mean, it was like halfway through that first episode I was sold. Yeah. Like I, I'm into it, I'm digging it. And what it reminds me of is Firefly. Yep. Um, it's a space Western. It's a story about a, a you know, a guy that kind of does his own thing and doesn't pay much attention to the law and, um, is on the run. And he has uh, no political allegiances or any sort of like loyalty other than to his, Mm -hmm. his faction and, uh, his trade. Exactly. And it's like Mando, if, if Mando is, you know, Nathan Fillion's Malcolm Reynolds, then baby Yoda, I guess is uh, river Tam. I don't know, (laughs) but, but you know, know, I mean, it kind of works. And, um, and so I, I really enjoyed um, just the whole atmosphere of it, and and just the general um, blending of the the space western and the spiritual elements of the force. Um, because I think I think it's really easy to kind of get tired of the force, mm-hmm. um, and it's really easy to get. Um, kind of locked into the force and be like, oh, well, the force has to take some part in the story. Right. And also you're like, Oh, but I'm kind of tired of the force as this weird, like deus ex machina. Right. But, but at the end of the day, like the force is a, is, it it is the universe. Like you, you have to have that in here. Um, it would be like having, you know, a, a Pokemon series without a pokeball. Like, like you have to have certain things and, and the force is one of those things. And so, um, the fact that they were able to blend the space Western and baby Yoda's force abilities and not have it be hokey or, you know, overly like, like there's not a wizard character who's explaining the force. There's not, you know, and, and very rarely know is that it's, is that it's, it's, is that it's like you sort of made mention, like you could almost watch this without having seen star Wars at all. Mm -hmm. And, And so like when, when he finally does use the force, you might go, wait, what the hell is that? But all you need to know is that every character who sees him do something with the force goes, uh, what? Right. That's all right, you need to exactly. know is that this is, this is not a normal thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, this yeah. is not something that most people can do. <laughs> yeah. This little green guy has yeah. superpowers yeah, for some reason. Exactly. And, and it's weird. You should um, be, you should be afraid of this or disturbed by it. 
Right. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, man, like I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I mean, we, we can't go too long without talking about baby Yoda, but just to, to talk about some of the other characters really quickly. Um, you know, I've already mentioned that the Mandalorian himself is, I think a very compelling character. Mm -hmm. Um, and the little glimpses that we get, Oh, totally. Yeah. And the little glimpses we get of his childhood are really affecting and yep. kind of take the war, the star war down to the ground level. Yep. Which and, is something Rogue I, One attempted to do and maybe yes. more or less succeeded depending on who, who you ask. But, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's something I liked about, about this show is that it, 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 it brought scope and realism to this universe um, yep. without it being just like a, a sort of repudiation and like a, um, uh, um, a 180 response to how whimsical the films get, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and so, yeah, I just think he's a great character. I mean, there's, there's the episode, I can't remember which number it is, but, uh, where they're protecting the village. Yeah. Um, it's basically like seven samurai. It is the fourth and, one. And I remember that because Bryce hmm. Dallas Howard is the director Yes, she is. Yeah. And that's my favorite episode. Yeah, that's a great episode. It's so good. And, and he, uh, you know, has this little relationship with both baby Yoda and this, this woman from the village. And it's so, uh, I don't know. It's so affecting to see this bounty hunter who we're kind of led to believe is detached and just kind of a loner and right. whatever and and watch him kind of open up a little bit to these characters yeah. and he wants it's, something. it's good character development it's a little bit yeah, like it, the searchers in a way it is right like it's, where he's it's the he, searchers he, he it's realizes a certain seven. Point, yeah yeah well he realizes at a certain point like i can't go home like i'll never yeah. truly be you know yep, yep totally yeah and, and, and that's just a, that's a, it's character development through action, through character motivate, like motivated action yeah and, um, and decisions that that character makes. And, um, and I, I just really enjoyed that. I mean, the, the star Wars sequel trilogy, um, kind of tells you a lot about the characters, but this shows you about the characters, mm-hmm. like, and 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 I I find that way more interesting. Um, I enjoyed the, um, the another thing that it sort of reminded me of is like Samurai Jack in a way. It's like a really quiet protagonist who goes through and just kind of uh, helps different people that he comes across and does different things. It's it is serialized for sure, but the episodes are kind of standalone also. Yeah. And I think that's great. And like, I would never recommend somebody just jump in and watch like watch episode five, right? Watch it straight through. It's serialized enough that you want to watch it straight through. But you won't be like, you could watch one episode a night or one episode or, you know, you could do it over a couple weekends and you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn on the TV on Saturday and be like, okay, what, you know, because some TV shows do that where they open, they open a scene in the middle of something and you go, wait a minute, what happened last time though? Because we watched this a week ago and it's, it's not like that. It's, it's no, no. It's, it's a really, a really well-paced show. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just really enjoy it. Um, Carl Weathers is in this thing. Yeah. Um, he plays a character. I've got the name here. I would never have known this. He plays grief cargo. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, he's sort of the guy that gives the Mandalorian his tasks Yeah. and he, 
is essentially the one that tasks him with finding the child. And so, you know, the basic serialized premise of the show is that the Mandalorian goes on a, a mission and finds a, a small child in a capsule and he's going to deliver this child back to Werner Herzog. Um, Yes, Werner Herzog, <laughs> and and he's going to. I, we don't really know what. Who like, should not experiment be around children? Probably not at all. <laughs> I want to see the baby. <laughs> uh, and yeah, man, he, he's like doing something to this. Like he wants this baby for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, but once the Mandalorian delivers the child. He has a change of heart and decides to rescue the child. And uh, this, of course, puts him on the run. Like he has to now escape these people who are hunting him because of this valuable cargo that he has. And uh, he gets into all sorts of skirmishes along the way. Um, So Carl Weathers is sort of the insider of this whole thing. Yeah, and 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 Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda is essentially a MacGuffin. Um, he's not. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a character in the series. He's he's definitely yeah, not yet. He's definitely a plot device uh, for now. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone calls him Baby yeah. Yoda, and some, there was some article today. It's like, hey, um, by the way, like the producers confirm it's not actually Yoda, and it's like, uh, yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it's we're just racist because we're calling him yoda because the only other alien we know that looks like that is named yoda so we're just gonna call him yoda it's like he right. has his own name you guys and there's a whole planet of them presumably somewhere or there was there there's there's only one other yoda species person that we saw in in any of the movies um there's another yoda on the jedi council in the prequel trilogy oh really yeah, she's a female Yoda. Oh, yeah. I don't just, know. I don't know her name me here. <laughs> just you and me. No, no. Just how how would he say that? Me and you here you are just are just you, just just me and you are here. Uh, in, no, that's still in intercourse. We must. <laughs> <laughs> don't we don't down low the lights. <laughs> don't force me to beg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey. Yeah. Okay. You know what's disturbing is that if if you speak if if that sense that came out of Yoda's mouth, that would mean he says, "Don't beg me to force," which would which is <laughs> super dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. He's supposed to he's supposed to deliver this cargo to Werner Herzog, and he t- he sees the baby, and the baby's cute, and the baby's pretty innocent, and and he takes yeah. one look at Werner Herzog and goes, "I am not giving this fucking baby to this guy." <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know what he wants, but I don't trust this man yep. by a, by a damn sight. Not at all. Um, other other cast members include Gina Carano, yes, who plays Cara Dune. Um, she's sort of um, an ex. Uh, basically, she's a war veteran, and she's yeah. kind of living on the lam now. Um, she, um, just and, and she's the best she's been probably in anything in terms of character work. Um, yeah, I would agree. She's not. She's not a strong actress. I mean, I, she made like an acting debut in, in a Steven Soderbergh movie called Haywire a few years, mm-hmm. sometime in the last decade. Uh, yep. I remember liking that, but her characterization in that in that movie is minimal. 
Um, well, and, and this, this definitely writes to her strengths. Yeah. Um, they don't give her any real heavy lifting yeah. to do. Um, yeah, they do but, the but the final character, episode and, 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 yeah. and she does that well. I mean, there's a little bit of stuff in, in the, in her debut episode. That's like, Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. You're stretching a little too much, but you're right. They, 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 they wrote that character to her, who are her sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Nolte plays a character named Queel, who uh, I thought was going to be like in the first episode, but he sticks around. Yeah. And, and I, and I love Queel. Um, I think he's a, a really interesting character. He's just a nice dude who uh, helps out and uh, doesn't seem to really have an allegiance, you know, to any sort of political side either. I did not he's just trust that there. man. I did not trust you him. No, I, I was, just, I saw he's, he's, he seems so nice and kind. I was like, that is Nick Nolte. I don't trust this person either. <laughs> As Nick Nolte, right, right, and any right. minute he's just going to devolve into some sort of like you know sand tirade. monster. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, not tirade. He's just gonna, as soon as Mando walks, he's like, "Get some good sleep." And then Mando goes to sleep. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna take this baby. <laughs> yeah, man. But dude, they they fixed his entire ship together. Just the two of them. I know. Like this this guy's handy. Yeah. Like evidently pretty quick. Master builder. I know dude's building like a spaceship from yeah. scratch in like, I, I don't know, a day or two. Hey, super nice. Yeah. He's Repro- just a nice dude. He's, he's always willing to help. Reprogrammed another um, plot device, but the also character played by Taika Waititi. <laughs> yes. What's in the droid's name? I forgot his name. I- IG-11. IG-11 is so cool. He's in the first episode and, yep. and, and that one was like, you know, he has these, he, he's designed in a way to where his limbs can, can go a lot of different directions. His gears can, mm-hmm. can sort of rotate really well. And so he's just a boss when it comes to the shooting. Um, yep. and then you think like, Oh, I guess that's the last I'm seeing of him. And then he pops up later and you go, Oh please. Oh please. And then he's like a good guy. Yeah. It's like, Oh, yeah. this is going to be great. And then his, everything he does in the last episode is amazing. And yes, and he great. has a very like Terminator esque uh, moment in the final episode. He does, know? which is phenomenal. It's so good. But also like, I feel like there's a line that was written in there just for Kellen, which is like, there's no need. To, there's no need to be upset. I've never been alive. I was like, oh. yes, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's just like, and, and yet I weep. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> and, and speaking of that last episode, Taika Waititi actually directed that last yeah, episode. Yeah, which is great. That's awesome. Um, other cast members, uh, we could literally go on forever, but yeah. um, there, there's an episode that features Bill Burr. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah. and, uh, and Clancy Brown is in that episode. Yeah. Is he, uh, is he the, the Hellboy guy? Yeah. The big hulking oh. guy. It took me forever to realize it. it was only when he growled once that I was like, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that like sounds Clancy like, Brown. I know that growl. <laughs> that sounds like Mr. Krabs. And of course, one time he rounded the corner and went, commando. They're getting me recipe. <laughs> the the formula. Um and then um <laughs> and then and then Giancarlo Esposito plays yeah. Moff Gideon. Yeah. Um who essentially for all intents and purposes is, is, is just just space <laughs> gus. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, man, he is. It's so good. Come out of that building right now, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like walking into into enemy enemy fire, yeah, like just can... like brazenly. <laughs> Like, dude is just Gus. They may as well have just cut to Jesse Pinkman for a second, watching him get shot at. Just like you're, yes. you're basically doing this. Just, just, just cut to yep. Aaron Paul. <laughs> yep. Don't even change the color grade. <laughs> yeah. So there were two Breaking Bad people then in this in this first season. Burr, so I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to see. I'm looking forward to seeing how many cool. more will be in season two. <laughs> can, you, cool. <laughs> can you imagine he plays a hut? <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, he's lost a lot of weight, man. Cool the hut. Hewell the Or job of the Hewell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. It just you does know, that heavy breathing. It's crazy, but like a lot of the Breaking Bad actors could work in this universe. I could totally picture Bob Odenkirk in this universe. Just oh, yeah. as like some bartender or junker, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I just want to see all of the Breaking Bad people doing their Breaking Bad characters, in space. but like the space version. Like I want to see Space Mike. Space and, Mike. Yeah, Space Walt. All right, we're going to jump to light speed. Don't shit your pants now. <laughs> That's what it would be, yeah. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> light speed, No bitch. more half measures, Mando. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, um, I'm, I, I will be staying tuned for this when there is a second season. Um, you know, whenever that is, um, yeah. uh, it feels like it could go, I think that they, yeah, they, they've got a direction for it. And, um, mm-hmm. I like, I like, I like how they do everything. So the only thing that can happen now is that Disney needs to stay back and let the show yep. continue how it's going. Well, so this, this was one of my big fears was, so they made, they made the first season and obviously it was all done by the time the, the, the first episode dropped on Disney plus, which means there's no course correcting. The first season is the first season, but season two can now be a response to season one, right? Cause they're, they're making that now. So, so my fear was Disney was going to like get their hands in and say, all right, guys, here's what worked. Baby Yoda. He's the star. Yeah. He's the star of this whole thing. And, and then they'll like really screw it up because they'll like force, like no pun intended, uh, there to be a ton of baby Yoda in every episode. And like, you know, I don't know. I did very randomly, like at one point during this show, I I was just curious, like, is he just going to be a baby through the whole series? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, because like how much time can actually pass? And if he's already 50, yeah. then like, what are they going to do? Time jump another 50 so that he's, you know, whatever. So I, I, I went to, yeah, I went to Wikipedia, which is a mistake. <laughs> Don't ever go? go to Wikipedia. Why did you do that? <laughs> I just thought I, I, I would find some valuable information. Dustin. And, and, um, are you finally drunk? So, Yes. And so there's uh, a Yoda page, obviously, and there's a bunch of information on there that I'm like, how do y'all know this? Yeah. Somebody had to just make this up. But one of the things it said was that um, it's George Lucas. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to edit this page real quick. This is what I do every day, 19 hours a day. (laughs) That's amazing. So good. (laughs) I made red tells. I'm a blogger. Um, and, um, Shot yeah, so, so what it said was that Yoda 
like the Yoda species, which it, it, there's not a name for. I thought for sure on Wikipedia it was going to say like the the Jeep Jabs and you know or whatever. And I was just like, oh, that's disappointing. Um, but the, it doesn't. They don't know the Georgies. But what, what it, yes, but what it does say is um, <laughs> that they age very slowly. Yeah. Until about the age of fifty, and then they start to age dramatically. Okay, and so and so they're at their. That doesn't make um, any biological sense, by the way. No, it says they're at their like physical peak. I'd have to pull it back up, but from what I understand, it's like they're at their physical peak at year one hundred. And and for anyone Um, who says like like the comment. I feel like a nerd saying that doesn't make sense, but then I'm like, you know what? No, you're a nerd. If you just accept that, that doesn't make any right. sense. There's no cellular structure that would just say, Hey, arbitrarily, we're going to pick 50 and then we're going to rapidly grow. If anything at 50, it would drop off. And then there would, mm-hmm. the growth would stop kind of like ours. When we're like 25, it's like the bigger body just goes, all right, that's it. Have fun dying. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep, that's, exactly. That makes sense. It makes no sense, even for an alien species. And I don't care how ignorant I sound or whatever. You can kiss my, uh, my, my, well, my ass. Your- you can kiss it. And, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, and, uh, yep. um, and because, it, sorry, that, that doesn't track. That doesn't track. I don't like, I don't accept so, this. W- while you were talking, I pulled up the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> this is what it says. The species' life expectancy spanned several centuries, and then and they aged very slowly, remaining in infancy for at least 50 standard years. Even at this stage of life, certain force-sensitive individuals of this species could use force powers, such as telekinesis and force healing. I bet that was added after The Mandalorian. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so far, all this information can be derived from all of the current lore. Like, oh, it, so they their, their, age span, their age spans centuries. Oh, I couldn't couldn't have guessed that with the most famous of these people living to 900. Thanks for that. Yep. Two, they've aged slowly. Well, how do you think they get to 900, jackass? Right. You think they just aged normally? Their- Look at because uh, <laughs> uh, okay, if, if Yoda if he died at 900, Luke would just be talking to a a fucking skeleton in the, in the original movie. <laughs> right, He's right. like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and it just cuts to a corpse. <laughs> And he's right. he, he's been alone the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Uh, it says, despite their slow aging for the first five decades of life, members of the species reach maturity by their hundredth year, mm. as exemplified by the Jedi Yoda, who began training other Jedi when he was one hundred years old. I don't know how they know that. Okay. Yeah. What do you? What is, is it? Is this in the Library of Congress? Where did you find this? Yeah, you have his birth I, certificate. I, I guess so. Who knows. <laughs> Maybe Frank Oz told them. Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. Wow. Great. But uh, but yeah. So that's that's that. Um, yeah. I also. So, but I don't want like a. I don't want like a, a teen Groot situation with this baby. That's Yoda. what I was about to say. Yeah. Was like was like what if between <laughs> season you know one and two or two and three they they do a time jump and now we've got like you know child Yoda and then season three is teen Yoda. Yeah. And then, you know, season six, it's like adult sexy just Yoda. normal Yoda. <laughs> it's, right. just, it's, it's like Dr. Manhattan, but it's, it's, it's got a Yoda head. <laughs> Long flowing locks. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like Frank Oz at all. It just has like a smooth, velvety voice. Hi, how's it going? 
How yeah. are you? I'm Yoda. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm and, baby Yoda. And this Yoda, it would be the funniest thing would just be like, oh, like, can you speak? And he just talked normally, and everyone's pissed, like, why the fuck does he talk like a normal person? Yeah. Wait, you think they all talk like Yoda? He he has a speech impediment. That's I don't it. know, man. It, like, it, could, I, it could go either way. I hate that I have an opinion on this, but I do. I don't want him to sound <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want him to sound like Yoda at all because everyone just wants an excuse to have more dialogue written in that manner of speaking. It's like, oh, mm. like that's that's funny. Let's just let's let's continue that because people recognize it. And it's just like, no, you know what? Make him make him talk like a normal like, hi, how can I help you? Like 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 Baymax or mm-hmm. Or go the other way and have him be like, oh, talk right, pull a rot now. <laughs> like, make him Scottish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I-, I want him to be just unintelligible, like, speak wash, but a hick, but a hick, but a hick, groin. I can't have a groin. Right, right. Also, do we, do, do we know if baby Yoda's male or female? I think they did say he. Did they say he's male? But they could have been assuming his gender, or I was. Yeah, yeah, you might yeah. have been. Yeah. I'm going to look that up because yeah. I don't know now. <laughs> yeah. Usually uh, what you do is you change the diapers and you go, oh, okay. There's, yeah. But he don't, he don't got no diapers. If he does, there's a, just a bunch of poop at the bottom of that robe. The child, yes. The child was a male force-sensitive Mandalorian foundling that belonged to the same species as Grandmaster Yoda mm. and Jedi Master y- Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle. Who is Yaddle? Oh, that's the girl. That's the girl. Yaddle. The child was born around 41 BBY and was held at the compound run by Nikto mercenaries on Arvala 7 during the New Republic area. This sounds like just made up garbage when you say it like this. The show is very good. I'm not doing a good, a good. That's the thing. We're shitting on all the lore, but the show that participates in it is completely <laughs> well done. Yes, it is. Oh, the show is great. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pooping on Wikipedia. I hate Wikipedia. Wikipedia sucks. It, it's terrible. Like, uh, okay, this, this is a bit of an aside here, but I'm just going to go to a random page. Mm-hmm. All right, hang tight. On Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, I'm going to their homepage and I'm just going to click something. Okay. This is a page for Maquez. Maquez was a human male from the planet Danor in the Cathol Outback, an isolated region of space in the Outer Rim Territories, abducted by Ang T, a race of mysterious force using aliens from the Cathol Rift. Mazke was brainwashed and implanted with the compulsion to retrieve a sacred artifact for them. The artifact known as the Codex was located on the Cathrol Rift on an alien construct that the Ang T viewed as a sacred ground. This is just nothing. This episode of the Hoopercast is brought to you by Bantha Box. Bantha Box. <laughs> Bantha in a box. You're, you're not some, wrong. Try some Bantha fodder. What is this even from? <laughs> It just has a like a black and white drawing of Mechez. Is it like that? Is it like the Crichton Leprechaun drawing? Is it that crude? <laughs> yes. No. No. It, oh, it's from. It's from Galaxy's Edge. Oh, the, the theme park. The, the ride. <laughs> I guess I have no idea. This is some Imagineer's fever dream. Is this whole that whole page? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> 
also on this day, Sidney Gannis was born. Oh, Sidney Gannis is a American motion picture executive who I guess worked at Lucasfilm for several years. So cool. Yay. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, uh, that's the Mandalorian four stars, despite all of our shitting is, um, is very, uh, it's cool. And I've had people telling me that they think that Dave Filoni should handle the next trilogy of star Wars films. Um, I would agree. I, I think yeah. he's the best person for the job in that he seems to actually understand mm. star Wars. Yep. Right. Like it's, it's a goofy concept, but it's, it's, um, inherently pulled from several sources that are that just seem to be like in contradiction to one another mm-hmm. right like it's a fantasy it's a western yeah it's a sci-fi it's a, and you're like yeah th- these things don't go together it's a romance but, you know yeah it's all of these things it's an old serial an old movie serial yeah like flash gordon and it's like these things don't all go together but somehow um when done right it's interesting yeah and when done wrong it's just a, uh, a a garbage pan with bright lights. <laughs> it's just and and a lot of a lot of yelling in the background. Ray, yeah, Ray. <sighs> yeah. But all that said, Dave Filoni. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he and John Favreau have it down to a science and. And, uh, and I would recommend this if, if you're a Star Wars fan or if you're not, I think it's just a good show. It is just a good, it, yeah, it is. It is a good show. It's definitely worth the price of admission to, to Disney plus. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I'll mention real quick something else. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I just want to mention it while I've got, while we're talking about Imagineers and Disney plus mm. there's a docuseries on Disney plus called the Imagineering story. Um, mm-hmm. It is six parts. Um, this and The Mandalorian both like air weekly on on Disney Plus. That's something else I liked about it. I liked mm-hmm. that you could be four episodes behind and no one was no. You could catch up in a day and no one can be ahead yep. of you. Um, yep. The Imagineering story is the story of the Imagineering, the Walt Disney Imagineering uh, department, um, from the creation of Walt of, of Disneyland in uh, in Anaheim all the way through the uh, Star Wars attraction in Orlando, uh, currently in or, um, uh, in Disney World, in Shanghai Disney, and the Tron ride, and, um, you know, it, it spans a lot of time uh, with, with how the Imagineers built the parks, how they worked with Walt, what they did after his death, what happened during the dry periods, what happened during the Michael Eisner era, uh, what happened when Bob Iger took over, um, and how the Imagineers you know, created a whole new industry by doing something that, that, that we all who love filmmaking love, which is marrying technology and creativity to tell a story or affect a mood or to, to, to provide an experience for people. Um, and it's a really great series. Um, I would definitely recommend. I gave it four stars again, just because it's it's missing an emotional element for me. That's 
that leaves it truly spellbinding. Um, but it's really great to see how a lot of these attractions work. It's a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of look at the the bear robotics before they put all the things on them. There's some really cool stuff, particularly with the Avatar ride. Uh, the last episode has those um, those airborne dummies that that contort and look like so they're meant to look like real people, so they don't have to risk stuntmen during stunt shows. Um, and it's just it's a really cool series. I just I just wanted to quickly recommend that to people because. Um, if, if you're interested at all in, in the Disney parks and stuff, and this will get you wanting to go to the parks. Um, but if you're interested in the history of them and, um, and, uh, uh, it's, it's great stuff. Each episode's like 45 minutes or an hour long. Um, so they're substantial. You could, you know, if you're only able to watch this kind of stuff on the weekends, you could, you know, you knock it out in a couple weekends if you, if you wanted to, um, it's enjoyable for sure. Sweet. Yeah. It sounds like it'd be right up you know, our alley. Our alley. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if, if John hadn't already watched this, sh- this, uh, show. And I just think anyone who's interested in, in how, how entertaining, how, how entertainment is made would, would, uh, would like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk about one thing real quick, um, uh, on movie wise, if that's all right with you. Um, I want to yeah. mention, I saw a movie recently and I'll explain why I watched it, uh, after I review it, but this is layer cake. Hmm. Oh. You're not in there because I like it. I'm not a gangster. I'm a businessman. Giving people what they want. Don't get the king. You're a smart boy, but you keep very bad company. We work to a few golden rules. Three million dollars. Keep a very low profile. Never be too greedy. You know what? People like you can't leave this business because you make too much money people like me but i've always said quit while you're ahead i want my cargo just give me a day i am the target he's loving people's heads off i will be watching you you're gonna need one of these when I hate guns. Well, that one is really pretty. Layer Cake. This is Layer a cake. movie that came out in 2004. It is directed by Matthew Vaughn. This is, in fact, his debut, directorial debut. Um, I watched this movie because... I've seen it advertised for years, starting in Blockbuster um, and and sort of graduating to just a lot of places. I've just looked and be like, Layer Cake. Because it had like the the the, the, the the A was a four and four, you know, they stylized um, all, you know. So finally I was like, all right, damn it, I'm going to watch the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's an enjoyable little film. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. Um, I thought it was well shot, well executed, uh, a good cast. Um, it's, it was a better Brit crime film than some of Guy Ritchie's stuff, just because I don't, I just prefer Matthew Vaughn's a little more understated, um, than than Guy Ritchie is a little more subtle. Um, not as, not as, um, you know, flashy on the surface, I guess. And, um, when he does do something, um, a little bit more stylized, like kick ass or whatever, or, or Kingsman, it's, it's really well done and motivated and, and, and usually doesn't rely as much on editing. Um, mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, Matthew Vaughn is on my list, and I made a list. I'll tell you what this list is in just a minute. But um, but I, I liked I liked the movie. It was on Netflix, and so I, I I I it's hard for me to watch a movie in one sitting lately. And I did get up and do laundry with it on my iPad, and but I had put on my good headphones, these headphones, to watch it, and uh, and I enjoyed it. It's it's just a story about a protagonist played by Daniel Craig. Um, about a protagonist. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, he is the protagonist. <laughs> yes, um, he's a professional protagonist. <laughs> um, <laughs> protagonist by trade. Um, yep. He doesn't have a name. You never hear his name, so they just, you know, mm-hmm. just refer to him as XXXX. You know, but he's a he's a he's a drug dealer. He's a cocaine distributor. He's very professional. He's very methodical, and um, he's socked away a lot of money. And he's about to retire. And he's got to do a couple of things for his um, for his boss before you know before he retires, and um, it's just one of these things that that snowballs into a string of events. They're interconnected. There's double crosses. There's um, you know there's this. There's that. There's there's some mess ups. There's um, there's some intrigue, and it's just it's got a really cool. It's one of those movies where I was just like because of how British it is. But as far as British films go, pretty easy to follow what they're saying. Just a few times where you're like, I just got, there were so many names that got named. I was just like, oh, a lot of scenes where it's like, you may not know this, but blah, blah, blah is actually an informant and blah, 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 double crossed, blah, 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 because blah, blah, blah is worried about blah, blah, um, getting too much of his business. And you're like, okay, who's, who's Nikki again? Like which character is which? And after it, but it's the same thing to me happens during Martin Scorsese movies where I just go, I'm just going to. I'm just going to trust that they're going to hit me over the head with it when I need to. And, you know, like I, I, I got equally confused during casino and I love casino. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you just, um, so in, in that sense, I would watch Lair cake again, just, just to get, you know, once, once a film concludes like this, you know, how it's going to end sometimes like people say about knives out or other, or any other film where there's either a twist or there's the story is not straightforward. Um, like three act structure, like, problem solution growth blah 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 um you know it's it can bear a rewatch because you can at least go back and go hey like now that i know what's happening i can focus a little bit more on what's happening in each scene i don't have to anticipate the next scene so in that sense um that's something that's got going for it um again just maybe not heavy on on the things I like to see in movies, which is character growth and, and change and emotional catharsis and stuff. And, you know, um, uh, but it, it wasn't just, okay. It wasn't just three star. It was like, Hey, this is a step above that. So I gave it three and a half, which is pretty good for a movie that was made in a different time in, in Hollywood. Um, yeah, no. a different time in filmmaking. And, and it's got a bunch of, um, actors in it who went on, who, who are like in bit roles, who went on to do other things. So from the cat, from the top down, we got Daniel Craig at Cole Meany, who you may not know by name, but you've seen him in a lot of things. I recognized him. Uh, you got, um, uh, Michael Gambon playing a role in here. You may have heard him in the trailer. Um, yep. you've got Tom Hardy, an early clean shaven, weird, skinny, strange looking Tom Hardy. Um, uh, you've got Ben Wyshaw in here and Sally Hawkins also playing a bit role and Sienna Miller, um, mm. who is, is criminally just, uh, pretty much a plot device and, uh, and, and eye candy. But, um, the film is still, there's not really, there's not really any fat in this movie. So I appreciate the way it's written. I appreciate that it's kind of shot expeditiously and it's just, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's not getting hung up on like, it's not, 
it knows what it is. It's just, it's just a, it's a little crime drama. It's cool. Um, sweet. So yeah, I like layer cake and, and now to my list. Um, so I sort of wanted to give a state of the union about the podcast, um, tonight and there's nothing grand to like announce or anything. Sometimes if, if broadcasters or podcasters or anybody does sort of like a mission statement for the year and, and I only do this and it's weird cause I didn't do this on purpose, but at my job, we have the, the national sales month thing happening this week where everyone gets together in a conference room. And we go, here's how we're doing. Here's, um, here's our, here's our goal for 2020. Um, you know, and then here's just a bunch of, here's how we're going to do it and everything. And, and, uh, and, and it minimally involves me, but, but for the podcast. And so it's just, maybe that was subliminally in my head, but like, I just sort of felt the need to kind of state my intentions this year for some reason. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so this, none of this is new to Dustin or anything. So it's really just anybody listening who cares, (laughs) (laughs) Um, our, my, our motivations for doing this show. Um, so last year we, we tried a few things and, and they, it's not that they didn't work. I I couldn't sustain the workload that I initially wanted to take on with this show. Anyone who's listened for a long time knows the show's undergone a lot of format changes and anything else. Um, uh, and then, so, but the only thing we changed, but last year we were like, we're going to be just audio and that's working really well for us. Um, and, uh, I, I think we do a better job on this show than ever considering it's live to tape and we don't edit it like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Dustin and I have both, like you and I are both just better at doing this. I think we get better every year at doing this. Um, and I'm proud of that. Uh, this show does a lot for me in terms of just learning to communicate my opinion, articulate my thoughts. And Dustin and I are both thankfully verbal processors. So this is good for us because otherwise we'd be bugging the shit out of our wives about things that they don't care about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and for me and me, my kids, uh, I would be also talking my son's ear off and, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, so I'll say that first. And secondly, it's just, uh, there's for a while, I was just trying to do, I was trying to do stuff with this show that kind of came to realize, uh, this year I learned a lot about like trying to do less and trying to actually focus on what I do want to do and not what I think I want to do. And one of the things I learned quickly that I didn't want to do is I didn't want to troll film news every single day and make sure I was on top of that because mm-hmm. I resist news in general, um, I'm adjacent to it professionally, so I, I can't avoid it. Um, and film news is kind of the same as news news these days in terms of a lot of it is just garbage based on nothing. Um, and and it was it sucked reading that and trying to derive meaning from that and trying to build shows around that, even if they were just my little mini shows that I did at my convenience. I just after a while, I was like, man, I just I'm tired of I'm tired of looking for stories. Um, and I sort of realized like, it's weird. It's, it's just like a, it's just a self-corrective measure. It's just time and again, the show reminds me that the purpose of it is just to get on here with you, Dustin, and talk about what we've seen and what we thought about it. And do we think it's worth other people checking out or not? And, 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 and imbue it with meaning based on what's going on in our lives. You know, why is this movie particularly poignant to watch now? you know, or, or not. And, um, 
And, and so just it's so my mission statement for 2020 is just to continue to do the show on very simple terms. And and I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not here to traffic cop. I'm not here to be to be radio like the show. The show is going to be and continue to be. Hopefully it is now continue to be as conversational and as real as possible in terms of. Dustin and I are not hosts. I, I try not to think of us as hosting this show because in reality, that's not what we do. And that's not what we set out to do. We set out to have conversations about it. Um, just, you know, direction filled conversation and um, whatever else. So um, uh, I, um, I I made a list. The reason I talked about Matthew Vaughn and Lair Cake in the list is I just, I realized like, you know, there's, there's, Directors that whose films that I am inherently more likely to see, um, just because their name is on it. And so mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking like, I'm not going to go find and make a list, but whenever these people occur to me, I'm going to add them to it. I'm just going to check out their movies. And Matthew Vaughn's got a short list and I've seen, I'm not going to watch all the films from these people, but I'm going to watch the ones that I've heard of and heard good things about that I haven't actually seen yet. Um, because I like their work. So, you know, the only thing on Matthew Vaughn's list I had not seen that I wanted to was Lair Cake because I want to keep up with these people and I want to follow their careers. And I want to tell people on the show about these directors and, and why I like their work and whatnot. So right now there's only five directors on the list just because those are the ones I've only thought about recently because of such and such a reason. They all have movies that are out soon or whatever. Maybe that's why. So I've got Matthew mm-hmm. Vaughn. The next director I'm going to do that for is James Mangold. I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, I love James Mangold and I've seen all his recent films except for 4V Ferrari. Um, but I rented Identity, uh, which mm-hmm. people still say is a great film. I've never seen it. It's on this chair right over here. I'm going to watch it this weekend. I'm excited about that. Duncan Jones is on the list. Um, mm-hmm. Director of Moon. I love Moon. Yep. Ryan Johnson's on the list. I do want to see Knives Out at some point, but I want to. I'm gonna just sort of. I, but I, and again, I've seen most of his other <clears throat> um, slate of movies, uh, but I'm gonna just double check and see if there's anything that I I missed. Uh, Martin Scorsese's on the list. I've 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 know the films of his that I like. There's a couple I'm gonna check out that I haven't seen. Um, but I wanted to sort of expand myself a little bit this year in terms of what I'm what I'm watching. Um, just to make sure, just to keep a healthy balance of the content I'm digesting. And I genuinely like these directors, um, for one reason or another. And I like, and I wouldn't call any of these people auteurs really. Um, Mm -hmm. to an extent, I would just call them extremely competent, good directors whose, whose work I, I, I want to see. Yeah. And that's the only like direction or homework I wanted to give myself this year. Um, other than just coming on here and telling you what I've been watching lately, I wanted to to have some sort of not goal in mind, but I wanted to um, have a just a mission statement or or like a, a a loose mark I wanted to hit in terms of what I hoped to do this year, and and I wanted to cinematically expand myself without taking on movies that I don't have any interest in seeing. I'm not going to watch all of Scorsese's films. I'm not going to watch The Last Temptation of Christ. I'm sure it's good. I've heard it's great. I don't have any reason or or impulse to see it. Um, yeah. You know, but I will check out like Main Streets. I'll rewatch a couple of films that I like, but I haven't seen in a while, like Goodfellas and Casino. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah. Um, uh, 
so that's the thing. And cause, cause simultaneously I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a space right now in my life where I'm, I'm trying to simplify. I'm trying to read more books. I'm trying to watch less shows. I'm trying to unyoke myself from feeling like I have to do this or that. And mm-hmm. I think a little bit of just, I think not just you and me does. I think people these days feel a lot like, Oh, I have to keep up with this or that. And we both know it's impossible and it's not always enjoyable when you're just chasing yeah. what everyone else is watching. And we've tried to make this about what we want to watch, what we want to watch, what we care about watching, because we're not doing homework for this show. We're, we're, we're talking about what we already like to see. Yeah. Um, so anyway, whatever the hell I'm, whatever the hell that all means, that's what I mean <laughs> this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I wanted to say. I just, I, uh, I, I hope to keep the show simple, enjoyable and enriching for the both of us. Um, and anyone listening, yeah. of course. Uh, um, and that includes episodes where we're not going to talk about anything new. Like we have full, full on plans sometime in the spring for the four of us to get on and just talk about, <laughs> talk about this last star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it will have no appeal to you if you seek to not hear about Star Wars anymore or you want to hear me talk about something artsy. Nope. This will be two hours of complaining about the franchise. So right, if that's right, what right. you're here for, then cool. If not, I'll see you next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But like I'm, I'm, I'm not – every once in a blue moon – this doesn't happen very often at all. But every once in a blue moon – it gets recommended to me that I need to like watch a this or that. And it's, and it's essentially like the equivalent of saying you need to watch like Fellini movies. It's like Mm. Martin Scorsese would say that I'm 30 years Mm. old and no disrespect to past filmmakers or to, you know, older filmmakers. I don't have the interest, the energy or the slightest inclination to do a full on deep dive into film history for this show. That's not what this is because mm-hmm. people listening don't care about that. And there's shows out there for, for people who do. Um, mm-hmm. We're not here to tell, teach you about the history of film. We're here to teach, to talk to you about the things that are out now that we think are worth seeing. And we're approaching it from a high bar of quality or at least a, a basic criteria of what makes something enjoyable and mm-hmm. meaningful. So, right. Um, if this is your first or second listen to our show this year or in months from now, that's what I aim to do. Um, you know, we talked about the Mandalorian most of this episode, so I don't want people getting the wrong idea. Like we're not like a, a sci-fi or franchise or Disney or whatever show, even though I'm sure if you go back in the catalog, there's a whole lot of me saying good things about Disney properties. Um, we're just here to talk about what we like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I just wanted to say that real quick. I just wanted to lay that out there. Um, and, uh, and once again, just told you, Dustin, how much I enjoy us doing this show together. And this is our ninth year doing this show. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. It'll be nine complete years in November. So we're we're a long way off, but I mean, like, you know, this is, we are in our ninth year of doing this show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I, I, I still enjoy it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like what, what I've always said is I, I'm going to call and have these conversations with you anyway, because like literally just last week, um, and just a few days ago, I was on my way home from work and I don't remember when this was, it was last week. Right. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. I was on my way home from work and I called you and so I, we just called just to chat, but we got, 
caught in the weeds of dissecting the character arc of Skylar White. <laughs> and for like 40 minutes of, yeah. well, like a 30 minute commute. Yeah. All we did was just talk about Skylar. Her function and within the, within the, the series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, that was a lot of fun. And that, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to call and have those conversations anyway. Yeah. So why not record one of them and put them out there? And if somebody gets enjoyment out of it, that's great. Yeah. And if not, well, fine, there's other shows for you, but, um, but th- these are conversations that are going to happen. Yeah. And, um, because as much as I say, like, would I recommend this movie? Yes. Or no, as much as that's for you guys, it's also like for each other. So yeah, like I'm recommending a movie to you or, you're recommending recommending a movie to me mm-hmm. or not, and um, and if the audience can get something from that, then great. But otherwise, I mean, it's just for us, and that's fine. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, man. No, I, I always have fun, and you know, it's it's a uh, it's something that I look forward to. Um. Just to kind of have like an hour to set aside and just chat about stuff that. You know, not not that not that my wife wouldn't chat about these things with me or or whoever, but um, but I think you know, I, you and I have a tendency to get, like I said, get lost in the weeds, and <laughs> yeah. that can be that can be like I don't know, like just difficult to listen to if you're not also like into the weeds. Yeah, and so yeah, women won't tolerate the weeds. Right, we're hardwired right. to tolerate the weeds. Right. The weeds. We can do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, um, there's things I've watched that I only watched because you recommended them on this show. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and in a period where I would or would not, I would, things I would watch, I can't remember, I can't think of a specific example, but there were things that I would watch based on your recommendation, knowing full well, if I watch this instead of something else, I will have nothing to talk about on the show this week. And at that point in time, that mattered to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to avoid it. Cause we've already talked about it on the show. And after a while I was yeah, like, yeah. that's the wrong approach. <laughs> I need to right, if I right. watch it. I'm going to watch it. And, and now, uh, you know, so. Well, you know, one of the, one of the examples that I have is John Wick. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. like I missed it. I completely missed John Wick when it came out. Yeah. All three of them. <laughs> and, um, and you, you, you know, helped kind of, uh, recommend those to me. Yeah. And I finally, I bought all three of them nice. uh, after, after Thanksgiving for black Friday. Nice. I've only gotten around to watching the first one, yeah. but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's not something to talk about on the show because we've already talked about it on the show, Sure, but, um, it's just but something yeah, to mean, bring up like whenever it's relevant, like, Oh, by the way, I did end up seeing all these and, um, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like, you yeah. know, if, if I were to go back and, and watch some of these other things from these other directors, like, Maybe I will or won't talk about them on the show. It depends on what we're doing, but it's going to come up eventually. And, it, and, it's, and if anything else, it's going to inform my opinion about whatever we are talking about. Or if the, that director does have another film coming out, then I go, well, yeah, I mean, I actually recently watched, you know, seven of Martin Scorsese's, you know, most appealing films to me. And what I've noticed about him is this, this, and, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is a continuing education for you and I, and this is close to the as close as either you and I will probably ever get to actually teaching film to anybody. So it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I got, got sent something, uh, in a, my Gmail today from, uh, 
from Indeed.com. It's like, we found your resume. We, we think you'd be good for this K through 12 math teacher. Uh, apply. I was like, what? <laughs> I said it to my wife and I was like, do I look like that guy? Do I look like a, do I have math teacher written all over me? Right, right. And, and, I, and I like to think I'd like to teach film. I'd love, to, I'd love to teach it in some capacity, but I have no clue how I would do that. I'm not qualified to teach anybody. And the most, the, my resume is this show. This is the only proof that I can, that I can expound or explain film to any extent. And there's zero structure to it. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, you're welcome for the free professing and, um, and, uh, and, and yes, uh, so th- th- consider this, my syllabus, this, this, this year I'm going to do, I'm going to cover these directors to an extent, but, uh, it's not in depth. It's not a research paper. It's not a Ted talk. Um, and it's, uh, it's not meant to be the gold standard of information dissemination. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just opinions, baby. Just opinions. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just opinions. Um, with that, uh, that's it. We're going to go, um, once again, any day now, my, my child could be born and, uh, and I might go dark, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. That's, that's, I, I can't think of any other housekeeping, uh, to do. That's, that's about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I'll probably be talking about identity next week unless I thought nothing of it and then I will, <laughs> won't hear about it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, everyone. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Or or good morning. I don't know when you're listening yeah. to this. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's, that felt like a kiss. That wasn't. A, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kiss you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's going on my record. <laughs> Let me get me too. <laughs> 